0: the sun, but you ain't seen it shine, wait till the warm-up's underway, wait till our
1: lips have met, wait till you see that Great sunshine, one. Tony Bennett, you, you ain't, ain't seen peace. nothing yet,
0: the best is we yet we start a beautiful
1: Saturday paying homage to one of the greatest there, Tony Bennett, I was just thinking, so we, we visit as we do every each week with Coach Terry Wickstrom. Now, I call him Coach because he was my bowling coach back when in my state championship days. And this goes way back. Now, I just, just put two and two together. See, when I was coasting the drive with DMACC a couple weeks ago, this story came out from my youth about where I blew it. I had a, I had a date with a certain young lady, and I just absolutely blew well, one, I hit it out of the park to start, right? Um, but it actually Terry Whitstrom has a little involvement there because so there was this young lady, and we were bowling, and um, like I said, I you know, Coach Whitstrom actually helped me you know win a state title, but we bowled in this league every Saturday, and there was a gorgeous young lady, and she was on you know one of my teams, and I don't know, Dante, you have probably just been smooth as a silk silk cream pie your entire life with the ladies I take it yeah pretty much yeah see I was not that way so and I went from my awkward phase into you know a good phase or whatever and so I'm, I'm bowling with Coach Wickstrom every Saturday working on my game getting ready for a state championship run and there was this and you're going through that. it was like the wonder years for those of us that grew up during that time with Kevin Savage and the Wonder Years, it was literally at the exact same time that show was on. And we were all going through the exact same things in life. It was like Winnie Cooper. And there was this gorgeous young lady. And, and but we would te- you know, I would tease her and this and that. And then she called me at home one day. And she asked me out on a date. Now, Dante, what do you think I did when she asked me out on a date? Uh, I think you got nervous. I got completely nervous. I panicked. And I said, I can't go, blah, 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 blah. And I totally blew her off. And this was probably seventh, eighth grade. Seven, probably seventh grade, right when you're starting to become interested in girls and things like that. And so years go by, and she, and she turned into, like, one of the most beautiful girls in the school. And, but she always, for whatever reason, had this thing for me, and she would kind of come up and squeeze my butt, or she would just do things. She would always, like, flirt with me for years to come. And then years later in high school, uh, my buddy got in trouble or something, and he he had to go to this thing, and he would always talk about this girl he was absolutely in love with. He was like, she was the most beautiful girl, and I went up to her, and I asked her for a date, and she shot me down hardcore. Like, dude, like, like machine gun fire, just shot me down. Sounds like some nice revenge there for her. I, well, it was, you know, my buddy, I didn't know who he was talking about. So for years, like two years, he won't shut up about this girl. Well, finally, we, you know, you, back then you would go through the yearbook. He sees her in the yearbook. He goes, there she is. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's my girl. I'm like, dude, I can go on a date with her anytime I want. He goes, shut up, dude, you could never get a date with this girl. And so I go, you want to bet? And so I'm like, we, we had our little wager. I said, I will get a date with this young lady. And I was still nervous, but I went up to her the next day at school, and we set up a date. And this this is what we talked about on the drive. She said yes. I talked to my boss at the time. I was working at Park Hill Golf Club. I says, boss, I got a hot date on Saturday. What should I do? And he says, you take her to the Dan. You're going to put her in a position to win, to be a winner on your date, and you're going to be a hero. I said, this sounds like good to me. What should we do? He says, go out, take her to the dog park, the dog track. Right, but I think it was called Wembley at the time. I don't think it's there anymore. And we had to sneak in. Now I've always, I'm a little, what you call an old soul. Like people to this day. Even though now I've gone baby face. I've shaved the facial hair. Now I look about like I'm 20. What, what, what do you guys think? I look like I'm about 22. Is that way I look now? But anyway, I always looked older. But we had to. You know, you had to be 21 to get into the old dog track to bet. I think we snuck in, replacing our bets, and she wins. She hits her quinella. And she's just, you know, she she's glowing. She's she's totally happy. She's totally she wants to go to the dog park every month now, you know. And um, so, that, so I, I get going. I am telling D about this on the drive, but then it ends. It ends terribly because then she wants to, you know, she wants to, she wants to take this thing a little further. And I panicked again, just like when I was bowling for Coach Wickstrom. I panicked and I flamed out. And I, I don't think I've really talked to that girl in a long time. I think we're friends on Facebook or something, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what she's doing. But anyway, I was just thinking because that was a very popular story we had when um, we were on the drive, and I just I thought, you know what, Coach Wickstrom has a little tie into that story, so it was kind of cool. So um, Dan says Fred Savage played the role of Kevin Arnold in the Wonder Years. Get your facts straight. What did I say? Isn't that what I said? Didn't I say Kevin Arnold? Arnold, or did I say Kevin Savage? I probably screwed it up. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Brian. Um, Your Honor, how would you smoke or grill a pinwheel steak? Thanks for the feedback from Jason. Well, I don't do a lot of those, but I think, I mean, the ones I get, you actually get them from the store and in the packaging, and you just grill them up like a regular steak. I wouldn't smoke it, probably. Probably just throw it on the grill, fire it up, and just cook it like a regular steak. Cook it till it's done that's how that's how you do that man i got so we went out on when uh tuesday went out to deer trail meat co went out to the actual you know meat locker i got a half hog whoo i got so much meat i got meat coming out my ears i can't wait to start grilling that stuff up so um that was that was that was good uh holy jesus you call yourself honorable (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm Yeah, I know, man. I flamed out. It was embarrassing. It was just like the Wonder Years. Remember when Kevin, he loved Winnie Cooper, but then, you know, whenever it came to that time to actually make something happen, like he always flamed out, that was me. That was exactly how it went with me in uh, the middle school years. Because what happened was I I went through a phase where I actually... You know, was putting off some pretty good vibes, vibes to the uh, you know to the to the girls, and I never knew how to handle it because you know I I'd, I'd never experienced that before. I wasn't like Dante, just cleaning up all the time. You know, it was kind of sad. Um, somebody <laughs> says, "Here you are, telling oh, telling a whopper. You you, you think I'm not, I'm being untruthful? You don't think that story happened? Like, so I I'm telling a story where I completely flame out." And blow it, and you think you think I made it up? You, th- you you think I'm I'm making it up? I why would I do that? Why would I make up a story? You'd think if I was going to make something up, I'd I'd close the deal. I'd be the hero in the story, and I I would have got away with the girl and not blown it. But there you go. Hey, by the way, um, somebody. Oh yeah, he says yeah, you lied. huh No, it's funny. Um, by the way, speaking of. Something else we talked about during the drive. Congratulations, Mark Schlereth putting out there, re-upping with Fox on the uh, for two more years to do the stuff with the NFL, the NFL on Fox games. So we'll get to see him for a couple more years. I Was that like a, like a Russell Wilson-type extension? Which, by the way, we'll be talking about a lot in the next couple of days because uh, James is stirring the pot on this one. We'll talk to James actually coming up in about 10 minutes about this very topic, the Russell Wilson contract. Uh, but is it like, is it, so Mark Slareth put out on his Twitter, he put out just kind of a thank you that he re upped for a couple more years. Was that an addition to this year? Like Russell Wilson's, the bad part of Russell Wilson's contract doesn't start for a couple of years. Sort of. So, is it like that? But no, congratulations, Tim. We were talking about on the drive. This is an interesting conversation. Um, you have Richie Carney who's Rooftop Richie, who's living the life. He's downtown. Uh, He's an executive here at the station, but he's a a good-looking fella. He's probably, he's what, 30 years old? He's living the dream right now. He's living the dream, running and gunning, hanging out with the ladies, living the life, doing his thing. And then you got Mark Schlereth, because, you know, Mac contends that Richie is hands down the best-looking guy on the station. I said, well, to be fair, Mark Schlereth actually gets paid to be good-looking. Like, Richie, to my knowledge, is is getting zero money off his good looks. And Mark Schlereth has been paid to be Rock Hoover on a soap opera. He's been paid to act in movies. Um, and I, I think we can all, you know, for being honest, and this is no slight on Mark, but a lot of that is he's getting paid for his looks. He's looking the part, not necessarily doing a great job playing the part, right? Like, you know, we've seen his acting. He's, you know, he... he he needs some more reps to get to the A-list level. Like you know, let's, let's be honest. You know, um, he's getting paid for the you know looking the part quite a bit, and so we kind of had some fun on the drive. Like, well, which would you rather be? Would you like to be Richie, who's you know thirty years old, running and gunning? He's got a great life, but you know he he doesn't have the money and the fame just yet. Or would you rather be Mark, who's late fifties? Dashingly handsome, getting paid to star on film and screen. Small and large, what are they, silver screen and, what do they call the, the little screen? I forget what they call it, but, you know, the, you know, there's a large screen and the little screen. Millionaire, you can buy whatever you want. Just re-upped another deal on Fox for another couple of years. Gets to make movies. Gets to do celebrity appearances. Gets to do all that. Could do whatever he wants in life. But he doesn't have the youth, so to speak. He's, you know, he's, he's got the aches and pains of a... Uh, what was it? Twelve-year NFL career, and I said I,
0: to me, it's not even close. I'd rather be Mark Schlereth. Dan, did you say Richie's the most handsome man here? That's what D Max says. Oh, there. I don't even know if he's top three. Okay, who you got? And you can put
1: yourself in there. Are you, um, are you ranking yourself, might slide myself yourself
0: in at three? I'd put Nate Jackson up. I think Nate's a nice. He's got that nice like scruff looking thing going for him. Nate's um, yeah, not a bad looking fellow. I think you're right with Schlereth. I, I wasn't considering that, but I like that call. You don't too. think he's the top? The best looking guy at the station, Mark Slareth? I think I would put Nate because Nate's also younger. You like okay. Nate's younger. Um Yeah, I'd put Nate one, probably Slareth two, and I might put myself three. Put yourself three. Over Richie. I'm a very humble man, I'll put myself. Yeah, you're three. very humble.
1: Dan, let me uh insert myself into this conversation. Uh and I put myself better looking than my boss. Um That's uh, no, no offense to Richie. Right. Richie's a good looking guy. There's no doubt about it. And he's and he is he's very well groomed. He takes very good care of himself, and he plays that that role very well. But let me ask you, Dante, because you're right in that wheelhouse, right? You're 25 years old. Which life would you rather have? Richie's good-looking guy, got a, you know, got a good job, paying your bills and everything, but certainly no millionaire. But you're out. He's kind of living like because you're you're choosing this life too. You're you're choosing. The Richie lifestyle, you're like, I don't want to get entangled in some long-term relationship. I'm living the summer of Dante perpetually where I can just sit on the couch wearing my sweatpants all the time, right? Because you don't want to be tied down, right? So you can have all that kind of in Richie's lifestyle, right? With a full-time job, being the you know assistant program director here, and you're living downtown, you're doing all that. Or Mark Schlereth, who is at least equally as good looking, but he's married. So, I mean, the women are out of play, obviously, but I'm sure he loves his wife very much, and I've met her. She's a nice lady. So you got all that going for you. But you got the nice house, which you're aware of. He's got a very nice house. More importantly for me, you got you got any job. You, you're doing the games on Fox. You got the successful morning show here. So you got the fame. You got the fortune. And you can do whatever you want in life. Like, if Mark Schlereth wants a car... I'm sure he can just scratch out that check for the car. If he wants to go on a vacation, he just goes on vacation. If he wants another house, I'm sure he can just buy another house. So
0: what else else is there for Mark? So I'm going to go with Mark because a lot of what you just listed, but I think it's a lot closer than people would think. The grandkids, for me, is a a negative. (laughs) Well, you're 25. (laughs) Yeah, just because it just takes up so much of your time. Those kids are always there. Only if you want to. Like, I, I, well he's a very involved grandparent it's parent you know he sees his kids a lot and he sees his grandkids a lot so but
1: there are guys that were like hey dude I like seeing the grandkids every once in a while I throw them a hundred dollars bill and we every once in a while we we do something you know two three times a year that's it like, well Mars
0: uh you know more involved you know father figure than that yes um but for me that's a negative because I wouldn't want to spend that money that much time with those people right. um so <laughs> those grandkids yeah but I mean, him. You know, he gets to travel to a different NFL game every week. He gets to, you know, like you said, kind of do whatever he wants. He's got a beautiful house. His wife is awesome. Yeah. Um. You know, he's got a good life going for himself. A couple uh, pocket full of championship rings. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, exactly. He's got his you know jerseys framed up in the basement. He's got. He's got a good gig. Yeah, like he's not as young as Richie, but like Richie, uh, Richie's
1: great. Richie's my boss. I don't want to say anything too. You know, negative. You know, I'm not That's saying okay. anything it's,
0: negative. It's closer than you'd think. But. But he doesn't. He can't do anything he wants in life. No, exactly. And then I mean, the Schler, you know, he's a little little famous. That's not a bad thing right, exactly. to have either. Rich is yeah. kind of a little, you know, when he goes around, no one's like, oh my god, that's rooftop Rich. Yeah, right, exactly. So I, I think I'm gonna go with Schlerth, but I think it's closer than you think. Right for somebody in your yeah. Schler also has a stays in shape pretty well. I'm sure he yeah. aches and pains from his you know NFL days, but he seems like he you know he works out almost every day. Like he's you know. He's not like that decaying old body, right? You know. What about you guys? What about Sean, Colin? Where are you guys? Who, who are you coming down
1: with? I,
2: I would take, uh, I would take
1: a mixture of both of these guys. I
2: need. It's, it's 2023. We can make an AI. No, we,
1: we cannot. That right. has both of them. I, I agree. You're going, but okay, go ahead. So because it it,
2: it, 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 because it, at one point I would love the youth of Richie, but I definitely need the uh, the comfort of Mark Schlereth. Yeah. Mark is really comfortable. I want to live just like he is and uh i want to be able to do
1: it on a rooftop like Well Richie. yeah what you're saying is you basically want to be James Marleyat sort of cuz he's got you, kind of
0: the best that of could both be worlds. it too so yeah. James it is or Sean Boyd he's pretty extravagant too <laughs> You know i've uh i've actually had kind of a Richie moment in my early 20s i had uh some of those things my way and i will tell you that i would take Mark's life in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> All right so i i I love Richie, uh, I,
1: you know, and I'm older than Richie by, you know, 15, 16 years. I, I'm taken and I'm younger than Mark Schlereth by about 13 years, so I'm right in the middle, man, and I'm taking Mark and deal all day long. You know, we'll ask about it. Um, somebody's not doing too bad himself, probably wouldn't trade with either of them. He'd probably say, I'm staying right where I'm at. That's uh, the lovely and talented James Merrillat coming up next. Some fun here on a Saturday. It's the Dan Jacobs show. As we do every week, we welcome into the program. We have James, correct? Oh, can we get James on the line? Sorry. Uh, The rundown, by the way, is on the printer. We got to get James dialed up. We'll ask James about that. He may be dialed into a broadcast. He's connected on Brick One, guys. Sorry about that. He texted me during the break. He's on Brick One. So we will have James momentarily. I was talking to, I was so caught up talking to coach Wixram I forgot to pull the uh rundown off the printer for you guys so my friend so we have James Merlat the editor of DenverSports.com. how are you mr Merlette
2: I'm great Dan how are you
1: I'm great to have you uh happy to have you here now we're, we're having a couple of fun topics uh, okay throw the throw the listeners a bone I'm sure you're gonna deny this ever happened to you but when you were a young man did you watch the Wonder Years by the way it was a little bit you were a little bit older than than Kevin at the time remember yeah th- no I watched the Wonder Years for sure uh did did it ring true for you?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it did. Now, it's set in an earlier time than when I was a kid. It's set in, what, like the 50s or 60s? I 60s, mean, it's, yeah. It's not set in the uh, in the 70s, which is when I was that age, 70s and 80s. But, no, I like the show. Uh, Winnie Cooper, mm-hmm. um, Olivia Diablo played his sister. Yeah, it was a great show.
1: Yeah, what happened to her, by the way? I don't know. It just I fell off know. the face her of the brother earth. brother
2: was very relatable, how he just picked on... Um, uh, uh, on Fred Savage, it was-, was that you,
1: guys? No, you know what? I mean- First off, Kevin Hervey does kind of—he just kind of look like you, and I could see you. Did you have siblings? Like, did you treat your siblings like that? Was I that you? An
2: older, I have an older brother, so I could relate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did I you treat your brother that? like that, or what's that? Were you picked on, or did you pick on your older brother?
2: Uh, I, my my older brother—he's three years older, and. He was always uh, the the big kid, so he looked six years older than me. So I, I didn't have a I didn't have much of a chance there.
1: Ah, okay, okay, all right. So anyway, I related to the show because even though there were different eras, the, the the trials and tribulations he was going through um, were things that I went through a lot. You know, the the girls and the you know dealing with sure. popularity and things like that. Um, did you have before? Of course, you met your uh, lovely wife, Mrs. Maryland. But you know, when you were in that wheelhouse, a middle school high school, and you were starting to date, did you ever have an experience with a young lady where you just absolutely blew it?
2: <laughs>
1: what do you mean? Well, I was I was open to bearing my soul where I went on a date and I hit it out of the park with this one of the most beautiful women in the school. For for some reason, she liked me from when we were in middle school. And then I took her to, but do you remember Wembley Park? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we snuck in there and she won a big race and it, she was just glowing. She was just walking on a cloud. And then towards the end of the date, she wanted to, uh, you know, get a little closer, and I blew it. Like, I got scared, and I ran away.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure I did. Um, you know, that's that's all part of the process, right? You kind of got to learn as you go. Um, dating is, uh, is, is one of those kind of things. So, yeah, there were... There were people I uh, had crushes on and went on dates and you know, wasn't quite sure what to do in those situations. You you're all, all kind of, you know, fumbling around in those awkward. Moments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the process. Okay. And then the She's other like You live and learn.
1: Yes. And then you you know, you get your game. Uh, well, some guys like Dante claims, <laughs> "Hey, it was never an issue for me. Like I've really? just been smooth be as a, a silk pie." A
2: game on his first ever date.
1: Yeah, that's what he says.
2: Well, good for him. I did not. I'll yeah. put it that way.
1: Yeah, there we go. Um Now, another fun topic we're having, and I said James is probably, like, he's going to answer neither because he's doing pretty well. We had this when I was, you know, you were on one of your uh, vacations where I was on the drive, and we were saying, um, if you could choose, you could be a young 30-year-old, rooftop Richie, living the dream he's living right now, right? Like, you know, doing okay financially, but, like, you know, living downtown, running and gunning, doing the dates, really good-looking guy, because Mac contends he's the best-looking guy at the station. He says, you're not even in the running, James.
2: Um, yeah, okay, that's, that's fine. Hey, I'm, I'm old. I'm almost 50. Yeah. Richie's, Richie's in his prime.
1: And I said that, well, Mark Schlareth actually gets paid to be good-looking, right? Like, he's been in movies, yeah. on soap operas, yeah. he's on television. You know, he's pretty darn good-looking himself. So we kind of had this fun conversation. Well, what would you rather be, the young guy with, you know, up-and-coming or the older gentleman who's not, I mean, Mark's not 60, uh, but he can do whatever he wants. He's financially independent. He's famous. He's got a you know, pocket full of championship rings, Super Bowl rings. He's got a successful morning show. He's on TV. He's in movies. And he can buy whatever he wants. Wh- which would you rather be? Now, we were joking before the break because, you know, obviously you are uh, you have the Merillat fortune behind you. You're a good-looking guy. You're head of uh, the website. you probably just say neither. I- I'm doing just fine, Dan. But I'm going to ask you the question. If you had to choose, which would it be?
2: it's a really good question because the answer should be hey, i'd rather be the older guy, you've got experience, you can do whatever you want, there's the, you know, financial independence. But man, i think i would always take youth. Like if you could go back and just do it all again, you wouldn't do it? Not knowing it it would turn out the same way it did now, but hey, you get another run at it? I I don't know, maybe i'm just uh you know, getting philosophical as I, uh, as I near 50, mm-hmm. I would take another lap. Give me another lap. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Time, time is the one thing you can never, you know, get more of. So if, if somebody's going to give me that, I would, uh, always take that option.
1: All right. But no money. Yeah. You, 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 nah, you is, can make money. Okay. Well. I mean, come
2: on. If you're smart enough to, if, if Mark was smart enough to make it one, uh, once, he could do it again.
1: Well, we're talking about you, though like you well, anybody, if you had to go anybody, back in time yeah
2: anybody who gets to a you know if you're athletic enough to become a pro you could do it again if you if you had youth if you're smart enough uh to to make money uh bold enough whatever however you got it and you you know you had to get back to zero you could get it again um i think those things are or you could figure out a way to still be happy but like i say time is the one thing we don't get any more of so if you're going to give me some i'll take it
1: all right i it's a fair it's a good uh, good take on that Something I'm trying to be fair to you on, I think, and it's not a... <laughs> trying? I'm trying, but then I looked at it, and it was just like, this is one of those things where James has, he's he's provoking some thought, and it's not it's not one of your wild takes,
2: right? Yeah, um, my Monday column, you'll love that one, but anyhow, what's this one?
1: Well, it may be the basis of your Monday column, I don't know. It was on okay. Coffee Break. Um, it's a clip on denversports.com right now. And basically, it's um, actually, no, I think this article is already up on DenverSports.com right now, that the Russell Wilson contract, um, you're going to be doing a victory lap on it because you're all in on Russell Wilson. Um, Let me start with this, though.
2: It's going to be my column this coming Monday. Okay. Okay. that the contract is in high over time. That is going to turn into a good deal.
1: So let me start with this. Russell Wilson, you're, you're, you're predicting a full blown renaissance. Correct. Like, he's going all the way back to his, like, full fledged prime. Not like. No,
2: 2020, 2021. He'll be that guy who is a real yeah, good Yeah, 4,000 yards,
1: 40 touchdowns, Russ. Yeah. You know, close he's, to 70%. Yeah. He's
2: so, going to be really, really good.
1: So, uh, after a couple of years of steep decline, he's just going to, Sean Payton's going to sprinkle the magic Sean Payton quarterback fairy dust. And, he's going to just be all the was 100 back in his prime again that's that's your prediction
2: yeah I mean I think he's going to become what he was in Seattle late in his time in Seattle that's going to be what he reverts to I think that last year is going to turn out to be the exception it's one year out of out of what 10 or 11 and I think when we're done when you're when he's done with his career we'll look back and say wow 2022 I don't know what the heck happened there, but that was the aberration. That is what I believe is going to happen,
1: yes. Well, his last year in Seattle, he was 6-8 and eight with 3,000 yeah, yeah. yards and 25 touchdowns. He played, touchdowns.
2: With, the, he played yeah. with the torn ligament in his finger, you know, the ring finger or the middle finger on his throwing hand. That would be very difficult to play with, but he came back and he played with it.
1: Yeah, So, but it wasn't – I mean, he had a bad year his last year in Seattle. He wasn't great that right?
2: year. The year before, yeah. he was an MVP candidate.
1: Uh That's debatable. How many MVP? How many MVP votes did he get as a, as, as an MVP candidate? How many MVP votes early did he early in the season,
2: mid season? He was a he was in the conversation. Now he tailed off toward the end of the year, but I think he's going to throw thirty plus touchdowns, four thousand yards, a, a low double digits of interceptions. I think the Broncos are going to win ten plus games, and I, I've got him at twelve and five. I think he's going to have a tremendous year, and then I think you're going to get to next off season. And had you waited to do a deal, had you not done the deal at the time they did? They certainly wouldn't have done it this off season, right? Like, Correct. Uh, nobody would have wanted to do it. The Broncos wouldn't have wanted to do it. Russ wouldn't have wanted to, to do it at this point. So then you'd get to next off season. He would be a pending free agent after all you gave up for him. He would have be coming off a really good year, and then you're sitting there saying, uh-oh, well, we're going to have to pay him, what, Burrow and – Herbert and all the guys in that cycle are going to make, and it would have been even more money. So it's going to turn out to be a it's going to turn out to be a good deal.
1: Well, I looked at it, and the problem with that line of thinking is is that for you to be correct, you're going to have to project him. By the way, I think you're setting him up. You're setting you're setting Russell Wilson up. I, I I see where you're going, James, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay, you're not sneaking this one by me, but. <laughs> For this to work... I wish I
2: was as Machiavellian as you think.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll get to it. (laughs) But for that to work, what you're really projecting is, for all that to be true, is for not just next year, but also the year after that. And then every subsequent year, he's going to have to be a top five or six quarterback um, after a couple years of very steep decline. Um, And so you're talking about, well... We would have to pay him Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen money. And you would also say, And and with that premise, is that he also would be producing at that level. I don't think anybody else on the planet besides you and Russell Wilson and his posse believe that, James.
2: Well, if he has a really good year this year, then it would be, hey, can he do that again for five more years? Uh, Five might be a stretch, right? I mean, they signed Peyton Manning to a five-year deal, and... By the fourth year, he was banged up and wasn't as productive. And then he didn't even do the, didn't even play the fifth year of the deal. But the first three and even the fourth, because they won a Super Bowl that year, um, it, it, nobody would argue that that was, that was money well spent. So will he last the entire five years of that deal? No. But most of the contracts that these guys are going to sign, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, they're not going to be great deals for all, for, for the entire length of it. They're just not. Things happen. So I do think he'll be, very productive for most of that. I think you'll get three years into it, and you'll look at his cap number, and you'll look at what the guys that are in his uh, in his sphere and his ilk of quarterbacks are making at that time, because the numbers are just going to go up and up and up. And all of a sudden, it's seventy, it's seventy five, and he's his cap number is you know fifty. And so like, hey,
1: well, it'd be sixty. It'd be it'd be fifty eight. Fifty eight. It's a bargain.
2: It's it sounds crazy because it is such a big number, and he's coming off of such a bad year. But when he turns back into Russell Wilson, the same guy a year ago right now, we all thought we were getting, right? Everybody did. Um, it's going to be, a, relatively speaking, it's going to be a deal. It's going to be good value. And, you know, we'll see at the end of it. It's the same argument, you know, I was making last offseason for the Abs when everybody's like, well, you can't sign Cadre to that kind of deal. At the end of that deal is going to be bad. And I'm like, I'm not worried about five, six, seven years down the road. I'm worried about trying to uh, repeat. I'm worried about trying to become the first team in 40 years to win three in a row. Like The abs are in their window. Who cares about cap implications down the road? First of all, you don't even know what the cap's going to be then, so it, it, it's worrying about something that just seems silly to me. This is going to fall in that same category. Is he great throughout the entire contract? Probably not, but the the, the first three or four years of it, he's going to be a great value. If they have one bad year at the end of it, so be it.
1: Well part of the problem though, is you're way over projecting, I believe. Uh, right now the, the, right now he's at the top of it. Uh, the, it's about 50, 000, 50 million a year, 55 million a year for the top quarterbacks now that just got their deals done. So for you to automatically be saying, well, it's going to be 20 million more per year, three years from now for these top guys, uh, that's a big leap.
2: What was it three years ago? I bet it was 30. And now it's going to be. I don't think it was.
1: 50. I don't think it was because Kirk Cousins had a ridiculously big year.
2: Well, we'll, we'll look up where the highest paid quarterback was in 2000 and 2020. Sorry, in 2020. Oh, 2020. And I'll 2020 they were making.
1: I think Kirk Cousins. I know, no, there's no way Kirk Cousins had his big deal by then.
2: He Russell he, Wilson was number two, making 35. Ben Roethlisberger 34. Aaron Rodgers 33.5. Jared Goff. What was Kirk Cousins 5. making? Kirk Cousins 33.
1: Okay, so thirty five. So it's 50. Carson Wentz,
2: thirty two. Yeah. I mean, all the top ten got. There was one outlier. It was because Patrick Mahomes just signed his deal. And how much one was? It? Was forty five. Okay, everybody else was thirty five. So it's gone
1: up. You know, and, and what's the top guy now? Fifty what? Uh, well, you you have multiple guys. Right. So if you Nathan average the top right ten, if you
2: average the top ten in twenty twenty, and average the top ten right now, it's gone up ten to fifteen million dollars.
1: So, right. So that's so over two or three years. years envelope, and now you're saying $20 million. Dollars. So you're saying, no, you're saying 2025. You're saying, you're talking about 70, 75 million a year, which I think is a kind of a gross over, overestimation. That's my point. We don't have to get like into we'll a bunch see. of math. We'll, we'll see. But, but the, also, the, the, the problem is
2: revenues are just going to go up. Do you and really? Yeah. Deals are going to be bigger.
1: Right. Like the percentage of the cap, those deals are not going to be that bad. My problem is if you look at, if you go and look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL, You know, one or two of those might drop off, right? But do you honestly think, is it realistic to say he's going to be much more than a top eight quarterback in the league and you're paying him top five quarterback money, top three quarterback money?
2: If he's top eight and you're paying him top five, it's fine. That's not a, I mean, you know, to some extent that's just based on timing of when did guys' deals come up and all the rest of that stuff. I mean, that's not grossly um, off. If you're paying him top five and he's the 24th best quarterback in the league, well, now you're in trouble. Right. So, I mean, the difference between number five and number eight in terms of money isn't much. That list I just read off. I mean, it was a bunch of guys making thirty three and a half, thirty three, thirty two. They're all in the same ballpark and the stats or the Madden Madden rating or whatever you want to use from number five to number eight. It's minuscule as well. So I, I think it'll turn out to be something you're looking at and saying, is it spot on that? He's the eighth best quarterback and he has the eighth highest contract. That's pretty impossible to do, but it'll be close enough in the ballpark that it's not going to hurt anything.
1: yeah, I and, and the problem is projecting because where his big cap it is is three years from now, actually four years from now. Um, I think they'll have to cut bait before that, but do you really think he's going to be even that close? I do. three years do. from now, you think he, I mean yes. name guys that I mean I'm sure you can find Aaron an Rogers. outlier that you can find an outlier, but it's very rare Tom Brady. That guys that, no, Tom, when was, when was Tom Brady's big decline and then he came back?
2: Tom Brady had big years in his late 30s. Aaron Rodgers had big years in his late 30s. That's not what we're talking about. Child we're talking about did. guys that uh, fell
1: off a map and then came back and he became. Had one bad season. He had, he had two had one bad, bad seasons. Season. How about. Um, he had two bad seasons. One of them was historically bad. How about
2: Kurt Warner? But he never he can't had run out of New York. Goes to Arizona, re- he, rekindles his career. He like had a
1: just, winning record when he was benched as a starter in New York. They just had the next guy. That's all. He he, he didn't have like a a drop off. He just he had a resurgence because he got a new opportunity. Russell Wilson has shown a steep decline, and if you believe his old coach, it's one they've been masking for a while now.
2: Well, we're fixing to find out. That's also the guy that decided he's going to go with Geno Smith. Right, and Who so did after,
1: better with Geno Smith than I he did always, with Russell Wilson?
2: I always use this example, right? And, and I don't know what baseball team it is, but they have that guy, the Flash, that runs uh, runs around the outfield, right? And the fan starts off early and gets a big lead, and then all of a sudden the Flash takes off and he's, he's trying to catch him, and there's always the fan that starts celebrating when he thinks he's going to win and he gets close and then the Flash blows right past him and the fan gets him startled and trips and falls and face plants right into the, into the warning track that's going to be Seattle fans. That's going to be Pete Carroll. They, they're celebrating a little too early here. I get it. They're feeling good about the, the, the trade they, they pulled off, but this isn't a one-year type of a situation. It's over the course of uh, Russell Wilson's entire career, and I'm, I think they're going to do a face plant starting this year when they realize, oh, we got Geno. How'd that work out come playoff time, by the way? We've got Geno, and Russell Wilson is still the guy that he was when he was here. There's nobody – Who wouldn't take Seattle Russell Wilson over Seattle Geno Smith? Nobody. And that's what the Broncos are going to get this year.
1: All right, so this is what I was alluding to earlier. Are you setting us up? Are you setting up Russell Wilson? You're coming out, Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows, Mr. Positive, calling for a 12-win season after only winning five games this year, just like last year when you had to buy us breakfast on this show because you were like, ah, 7-1. I'm looking at this roster, and my keen football analysis says this is a 7-1 roster. They had the hiccup in week one. But they're going to run the table after that, pretty much, is what your deal was. So if Russell Wilson doesn't come out and magically revert back to something he was two or three years ago, three or four years it's ago. It's
2: magic. It's not magic. It is magic. It, 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 he had a Sean terrible Payton magic in a terrible situation last year, which is evident from the fact that as soon as they put Jerry Rosberg in charge, the team was much better and Russell Wilson was much better. And he came in last year. Trying to be a pocket passer, he gained weight. That eliminated what made him special, which was his, his mobility, and he figured out that was a mistake, and now he's back to the playing weight when he was really good. That's not magic. It, it, it's having a competent coach, and it's not just a competent coach, a great offensive coach, and getting back to physically being the the, the size and the weight that you need to be to be successful. That's not magic. That's so are you just...
1: going to turn? Are you going to turn on them if, if they don't come out? Listen,
2: if he doesn't play well this year, his career is over. He's yep. done.
1: Are you going to hold yourself accountable, or yeah. how are you going to weasel out of it, Jim?
2: No, I'll hold myself accountable. I mean, for sure. I just think that's what's going to happen. It's really easy to pile on Russell Wilson right now. Everybody's doing it, but there there are a ton of good reasons and a lot of evidence to suggest, hey, this is a guy that is going to bounce back. He's going to turn back into the player he was. That it was a one year. Aberration and Two exception year. to the rule.
1: Two year, quit. You keep saying one year. He had, a, ah. he,
2: had a, he played four games without a ligament in his finger. So he what about the other
1: eight, out. What about the other games he lost?
2: That, that was not a particularly good. He was Seattle six and eight, team, but.
1: But, the, the, but you're, you're making now excuses. It was a it was a bad year. It wasn't a good year.
2: Uh, I'm pulling it up. I don't have the numbers in front of me. He threw for 3,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, had 103.1 quarterback rating and completed 64.8% of his passes. What are we talking about here? 25 and 6? 25 touchdowns to 6 interceptions and 100.3 quarterback rating.
1: And two That's games under 500? Year? What? And two games under 500.
2: Well, okay. So if all we're going to do is measure it on wins and losses, but in terms of numbers that the quarterback can control, he was 25 and six. The year before, he was 40 touchdowns, 13 picks, and 105.1 quarterback rating. The year before that, 31 and five and 106, 35 and seven and 110. His last four years in Seattle, he threw roughly 140 touchdowns, 140 touchdowns, and like. Forty picks in and his prime. In his prime, like
1: athletes. Every time. Athletes don't go from their prime out of their prime and then back into their prime. That's why it's their prime. That's why I think you guys. I understand you mean well, and you're in, and you're in a, you're in a position you're leading the bandwagon, and I respect that. But you guys are doing a disservice. To the Broncos, to the organization, when you heap these unrealistic expectations, is he? Is he? Is it likely, like you said, is there evidence to, to suggest he will have a bounce back year? Yes. Is it realistic to say that bounce back year is forty two hundred yards and forty touchdowns I and twelve and four?
2: I didn't say that. I said four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, right? And
1: twelve and twelve and five,
2: and and in a, a good record because I think it's a good. Well, you
1: roster. said twelve wins.
2: Yeah, I said, well, I said double digit wins. I'm picking him at 12, but I said double digit wins. I said 3,000 yards, or sorry, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, low double digits of interceptions, and the team's going to win double digits games. That's what I said. And if you look over the course of his career, that's what he's done almost every single season, other than last year.
1: And the year before.
2: He was. Dan, he didn't. He missed games because he was hurt. He threw for thirty one hundred thirty. But it still happened. Sixty five percent of his passes threw twenty five touchdowns and six picks.
1: And you want to make make so it doesn't count. Uh, it, That's a good year. At the end of the year, does he not? Are they going to take that off his vesting uh, year? Like does he doesn't get paid for that year in his retirement account because he was hurt? That's it a counts. good year. He it played co- in fourteen games. Six he and eight is not a good 12. year. Six he and
2: probably should have played in about twelve because he came back too early from his injury. Oh heaven, heaven forbid somebody do that. I mean, geez, let's let's bang on a guy because he came back and tried to help his team. I, I just uh, the criticism is is ridiculous to me. It really is. I, I, he started off the pre- year.
1: Pretending right? it didn't happen. Before he got hurt. Man, before he I'm got saying.
2: hurt. take He got hurt in, in week five. So he missed week six, seven, and eight. Before he got hurt, he had six, seven, ten touchdowns, and one interception. Before he got hurt. Ten touchdowns, one interception.
1: All right, James. There we go. We have so to-
2: then he comes back, his first game back after missing three weeks. No touchdowns, two picks. No touchdowns and no picks. Right, it took him a while to get rolling again, and then he was back to being Russ. So it was a—he came back two weeks too early. Yep, he had a really good
1: he year. Put, put he, himself, did. he did not have a really good year. Six and eight is not a really good year, man. You just can't. And it was one of his lowest uh, accuracy from an accuracy standpoint. You just—I'm not saying there wasn't a reason for it, but I'm not going to say it didn't exist. It happened. That year's on his books. It goes down in history, and, it, and it's there. And you can't whitewash it because it doesn't fit your argument. It's there. The, the year happened. What do
2: you mean it doesn't fit my argument? He threw 25 touchdowns and six picks. The only thing you got is that he went six and eight. That's pretty okay.
1: important. What else matters? Okay,
2: in the first three games he, after he came back from his injury, they lost. So he should have just sat out. Yes, he should have. And then he would have been six and five, and then everything would have been fine. Like... It, it's preposterous. So, okay, the guy threw completed sixty five percent of his passes, we've taken that last year. Sixty five. Twenty five touchdowns we'd have taken that last year. Six picks we'd have taken that last year. Oh, but he went six and eight, which like the only person that has any impact on that is the quarterback. So therefore he had a bad year. I just I categorically disagree with that. All I, I right. think that's talk about finding the one stat that makes your argument.
1: Wins and losses wins and losses oh you in you, you you're one over, you, in winning one year boy you know you're winning it's, it's not like in baseball we're talking about war or want or whatever it's winning is
2: Russell Wilson that's fine he was 10453 and 1 during his 10 years in Seattle do we want to go with that
1: i
0: want, go recently. And so I want, to, I want to go with recent one so i want i to go with what's realistic
2: out of every 3 games he won 66. Four percent of his games. Fine. Let's go with wins and losses. Let's throw everything else out. Let's go with wins and losses.
1: I want to go with what's recent. And okay, twenty twenty is twelve and four through forty
2: touchdowns and thirteen picks.
1: James, we will continue this. I'm sure we have to get on uh, the
2: bandwagon now, Dan.
1: I am on the bandwagon. I'm on the fair bandwagon. I'm not. I'm not on the
2: bandwagon now. By the way, that year that you say he was so bad that uh, that Pro Bowl season. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the year he was an MVP candidate and he got no MVP votes. Pro Bowl season. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Like Trevor Simeon. <laughs> All right, James. We, we love you. We will continue this conversation next week. Your chance to react to James coming up next. All right. Thanks to James Sports DenverSports.com editor. Be sure and check out that article on Monday when it comes out. We'll talk more in depth about that. But let's get through a couple of your texts with your reaction to our... Conversation here. First one, Russell Wilson, era is over. Broncos fans have zero patience with this guy. With the new coach and new offense, he will inevitably struggle and will be literally booed off the field by midseason like he was booed at the NBA Finals. Well, I hope that's not the case. Now, we are running a promo that talks about what happens if he does struggle. I think Mark Slair talks about, I don't know, six weeks in, eight weeks in. Does Sean Payton make a move to a Jared Stidham? It, the fact we're even talking about it is insane when we're talking about the context of that contract. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. I mean, this is, this is a guy that's going to make $58 million in three years per year. Uh, Dan, when Russell... <laughs> I like that. When Russell Wilson I like it, it's clever. When Russell Wilson has many bad seasons in a row as Rose, you do shows, then we'll talk about his career being over. Well, thank you for listening. You're a passionate, uh, loyal listener. We appreciate that. Um I love listening to James get the best of you week after week. Well, I love listening to James as well. Um somebody says, Dan, ask James if the Broncos go nine and seven, do they keep Russell Wilson? It doesn't matter what they do. They're keeping Russell Wilson. They have no choice, which is why it's such a terrible contract. And, and James is actually not off. If, if you look at the contract in the sense of context of quarterback money and the terms of the contract, it wouldn't be so terrible except for, it's just like I say with Justin Fields that drives Cecil and Mac crazy when I call him a franchise killer. Right now, unless he comes back and makes you an actual contender and not a pretender, Russell Wilson is a franchise killer because he has completely handcuffed your ability to do anything for three years. Like, you're literally going to have to fall ass backwards into another another solution at the quarterback position unless Russell Wilson can get back to mediocre. Like, he wasn't even mediocre. He was flat out bad one of the worst in the league last year and when you're paying that type of money to a quarterback it's highly problematic All right, and we'll talk a little bit more about this coming up on the other side it's the dan jacobs show on a beautiful saturday morning on the fan